Hey, 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 happy Sunday. Happy first Sunday of the new year. And welcome to Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit with Dr. Carol Penn. I am so excited. Let's see where my early birds are this morning. And if people are going to get up and join us in Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit on this first Sunday, we have some special guests waiting for you backstage. But first, who am I? I'm Dr. Carol Penn, doubly board certified in family and obesity medicine and your master movement meditation and mindset coach, two-time best-selling author. That's right, two-time best-selling author. So proud of my book, baby, Meditation in a Time of Madness, a guidebook for talented teens, tweens, their parents and guardians who need to thrive. And shh, I've got a journal. Oh, d- it's a secret. Don't tell. Don't tell. But I have a journal coming out in the next few weeks. And of course, I want you, my beloved audience, to be the first in on anything that's happening over in Dr. Carol Penn world. And who else am I? The real important thing is I'm a friend. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm an auntie. And all those relationship pieces that, oh my goodness, that, that, that make me a human being, as are all of you. And I want to welcome you to our first show, Arts as Medicine. And why is this show called Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit? And what does that have to do with art and medicine? Well, a lot of you know my backstory from dancer to doula to doctor. So I am all of who I am because I dance, because I studied the arts, because movement is my medicine. And wait till you see our superstars today, because they also embody that. They live that, representing the music world, representing the somatic arts. And I just wanted to start the year off with the truth of who I am, the truth of my being. This is the basis and the premise of the medicine that I practice, the medicine that I teach, that I empower others with. Because without movement, there simply is no life. But let us start the year off correctly before I bring my superstar guest on and before I acknowledge you. We've got a couple of early birds that are up and listening. So something that's so important this year as we move forward into this year, 2020, woo, talking about clear vision, 2020 vision, 2020 clearly revealed the gaps, the holes, the challenges, what needs to be dismantled. 2021 is an opportunity to move forward. And one of the things that I'm dedicating my life to dismantling, what became so clear in the downloads that I got from Spirit was one of my life's missions, which is to end racism in my lifetime, is to is to rewrite American history so it truly reflects American history. So I'm going to start with a libation of sorts and new life. And you can see this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plant here. And I am offering some form of liquid, but here crystallize this beautiful piece of moonstone to the plant. And just reminding us that just as this plant, see the beautiful new leaf that's coiled so tightly? That's us. That's you and I coiled tightly, 
just like that. And just like this leaf has no thought of not opening, not unfurling into its full potential and adding to the beauty that is this lovely plant. I invite us to be like this leaf and have no thought of not reaching our full potential, not living in it each and every day, not reaching for it each and every day. So Ashe and Amen, and I acknowledge on this day that every community owes its existence and vitality to generations from around the world who contributed their hopes, dreams, and energy to making the history that led to this moment. Some were brought here against their will. Some were drawn to leave their distant homes in hopes of a better life. And some have lived on this land for more generations than can be counted. Truth and acknowledgement are critical to building mutual respect and connection across all barriers of heritage and difference. We begin this effort to acknowledge what has been buried by honoring the truth. We are standing on the ancestral lands of native people. And here, where I am in New Jersey, it's the Lenai Lenape. We pay respects to their elders past and present. Please take a moment to consider the many legacies of violence, displacement, migration, and settlement that bring us together here today. And please join us in uncovering such truths at any and all public events. Ashe and Ashe. So hence the name of the show, Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit, where we look at literally what that means and the impact on our actual physical and mental health. But we also look at what those words mean spiritually. And I know that both must come together for us to have true health, true health and true vitality. All right. So uh, before I'm going to bring on my first guest, let's see who's up with us early this morning. Hey, good morning, Toy. Hey, cousin. Happy New Year. Ubuntu. Love you, love you, love you. Good morning, Victoria. Welcome. Happy New Year. Victoria is one of the nation's most outstanding occupational therapists, a true miracle worker. Also, you know, again, healthcare heroes. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, Linda Parker Edwards. Hashtag Meditation Nation. Hashtag Red Bank is in the house. Her parents were part of the village of wise elders that raised me. Linda's from the preeminent African-American medical family founded in this community where I am, Red Bank, New Jersey. Yes. Good morning and happy new year, Mary. And welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you all are up and early and tuned in. So I'm going to start to bring on my guests. Are you all ready for me to bring on these guests and why, you know, arts as medicine, arts as medicine. My, my first guest, well, she is a beautiful young woman. And we met because it was one of those situations where someone said, okay, y'all need to meet. She was here to choreograph a show called Black Nativity. 
So, oh, young dancer coming. Well, we met, we got to talking and it was discovered. And the other person who wanted us to get together knew this, that she also wanted to make that dance, that journey from dancer to doctor. And she is doing just that. But she also has a special mission in life. So I'm going to bring in Miss Bridget Duncan. So Bridget, let's have you come on and say good morning. Uh, let's see. Are you muted, my dear? So let me, yeah, unmute. Good morning, everyone. Uh, how's everyone doing out there in Facebook land? I'm Bridget of Slam Duncan Wellness. I'm a Black queer creative and I am a former dancer. Currently now on a pre-med, post-bac pre-med journey at City College in Harlem. I have been doing personal training and being a Pilates instructor and personal trainer for the past five years. And recently with the onset of COVID-19, um, with March 2019, I've started my own business and officially March 2020, 2019, wow. March 2021 will be my first full year in business working for myself as a full-time Pilates instructor and personal trainer running my own business. And my lovely mission that Dr. Penn mentioned that I am so passionate about is helping Black women, Black queer women, and women of color to heal themselves fully, totally, and also understand that life is a journey and there's never a stop, start or stop. You must always keep going, and I'm that person that's going to help you. Uh, well, welcome and Happy New Year. We're so excited to welcome you. This is like truly, truly, truly awesome and exciting. And yes, yeah, so, you know, that term Pilates. So in the beginning of my dance career, I had a near career ending injury and I did not rehab with traditional physical therapy. I rehabbed with Pilates at the studio of one of the most famous, legendary, legendary Pilates. I, I don't know. She was, uh, a, a, I'll call her a Pilates shaman. And that brings me to my next guest who, um, my goodness, my goodness. We were introduced by someone, but we found, and I had heard this young man's name back in the day, back in the early 80s. Because uh, I was working with um, our teacher that we had in common. I was working with her in Manhattan. He was working with her in Brooklyn. But we actually never met until a few weekends ago. So I'm going to bring in my new friend, new partner, Mr. Emery M. Moore Jr. to introduce himself and say Happy New Year. Yes. Good morning and welcome. Uh, unmute. Unmute. <laughs> Good morning, happy new year. And uh, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, what can I say? I am the CEO of EM Arts, um, an arts and wellness company, education company, where we do uh, on-site uh, education for students and uh, professional development for the teachers. And we also have our site, uh, EM Studio Online, where we do arts and wellness programming. And I've been involved in health and fitness, in the US and Germany and Switzerland for 36 years or so. And I'm multidisciplinary. I'm not even gonna start listing all this stuff, but yes, Pilates technique 
was one of my foundations and Kathy Stanford Grant was one of my, uh, my inspirations and uh, mentors. So yeah. very, very blessed to have had uh, the kind of guidance I've had from the teachers that I've been able to experience. Oh, yes. And we're so welcome, 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 Em. And we're so, we do honor and remember and acknowledge our teachers. And anybody who's in the dance world or the performance world, you mentioned the name of Kathy Grant. Even people who never experienced her, because she uh, just ex extraordinary. I've had uh, sessions with Kathy. Um, when I was rehabbing my left knee that lasted you know, up to five hours, you know, just working on the subtle nuance, one aspect of motion, one aspect of movement on a leg that had atrophied an inch and a quarter, you know, around its uh, circumference. And uh, I mean, I, you know, I owe, really owe my career to her because I, you know, I, I came back fully with, within a year and, well, that, let's just say that was over four decades ago and have been moving ever since. So a minute ago, a minute ago, but you know, I don't know, I'm just 10. But anyway, <laughs> bring on my beloved, who like, like M has had a varied career with many mentors and many paths. Um, most expressively though, I would have to say in the world of music, spoken word and poetry, I would like to welcome Mr. D.M. Jones to the broadcast. All right. Good morning. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me and thank you all for having yourselves and congratulations. We made it. So thank you for inviting me to join this um, illustrious crew, um, the crew of Makers and Shakers, because I think that um, you know, the arts have played a major role in my life. I have worked as an artist. I have managed artists. I have produced artists. I have funded artists um, as an artist. Um, I guess my first journey was as a photographer. I began professional photography in the music industry, and I've um, completed 63 album covers. I have worked at in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and then the... Um, New, soon to open Museum of African American Music in Nashville. Um, music groups I've been affiliated with for many years since 1974. George Clinton and, <clears throat> and the Parliament Funkadelic were in that organization. I had a lot of roles um, from photographer to video producer to co writer, co producer to being a wellness um, advisor to George. Um, and I still continue the relationship on various creative projects. Um, as a writer, as a administrator, I um, have created an internationally renowned program, the Voices of Our Nation's Arts Foundation. Um, I was a co-founder of that organization, which was the only multi-genre creative writing workshop exclusively for writers of color in the world. Um, and through that and through managing other writing programs, um, you know, I've been at six different universities teaching, running programs. And what a joy that was to see people coming together who were told to stay apart. Um, learned a lot about that. Um, published a few books, published a few CDs. And I also worked as a funder of the arts. I was um, deputy director of Arts Council Silicon Valley. 
I ran the grants program for the arts for the city of Houston. And I met my fabulous, wonderful wife um, when I was a program officer at the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities. Um, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but needless to say, you know, I wrote my master's thesis in 1977. And my opening statement was, everybody's an artist. And then I went on to define what are the arts. And I feel like there's, you know, there's the artist and there's the professional artist. We all have artistic energy within us. How do we let it out? How do we cover it? How do we stop it? But because it comes from within, I believe and I feel and I've learned that the arts are key to self-care, key to our own wellness, key to building bridges between communities that didn't normally have a bridge. When we had um, this creative writing workshop, all of a sudden we had people of color from 17 states and nine countries, 150 of them come together for two weeks, you know, and all of a sudden in telling stories, people said, well, wait a minute, my people used to do that. Oh, my people. You mean we have more in common than we do different. Hug a mug of joy. The arts are the key. The arts are the glue. The arts give us permission to be, just to be. And there's no bigger blessing than being. So with that in mind, there's no bigger blessing than being in the arts, receiving the arts, or sharing the arts. That's beautiful. Thank you. And welcome, darling. Yes, so full disclosure. This is my beautiful husband. So we've got a couple of more people that have joined us. I want to welcome them. And then we're going to share a little piece of my choreography. That's a little bit surprise for us, a little something different. But um, no, but it's really and because you will hear Bridget talking about this, M talking about this, the there is no healing without movement. This is who we are. Our bodies are meant to. So, you know, you know what my tagline is. Movement is my medicine. And I mean that quite literally. Movement comes before breath. Movement comes before breath, comes before nutrition, what we take into our body. It is the absolute gateway to all of life. So we're going to welcome, before we share the screen, we got some congratulations, Bridget. Yes, Patricia, good morning and welcome. Happy New Year filled with many blessings to us all. Good morning and welcome, Tanya. Very good, very good. 63 album covers, awesome. And finally, yes, we all have artistic energy within us. And so I want audience, uh, your job right now is start, you know, Think about, enjoy the piece we're going to share and start thinking about your questions. Because if you aren't moving, you aren't living. And what do you need to be incorporating into your life, movement-wise, in order to optimize health and well-being? Yes, good morning and welcome, Linda. So, Em, you were worried about, you know, who gets up at, at 10 o'clock? See, I'm telling you, this audience is up on a Sunday morning. All right, so beloved, go ahead and share this. It's a little piece I choreographed called Be Still and Know, which is a part of daily meditation practice.
we don't hear any volume. So you have to unmute DM. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. really nice oh thank you thank you thank you so when you hear that statement M, movement is my medicine what does that mean to you that means a lot to me um i when when i was in a university i considered uh well first of all i considered being a, a medical doctor and then I considered being a psychologist and um, the reason I went into profession and I did is because I felt like we didn't have any limitations that the movement world and movement artists we don't have any limitations in terms of what we can do to access um, 
healing and pathologies and medicine. Um, and it's what saved me. So it, it, it comes to mind is what's, what's sustained me over the years is what's kept me going, what's allowed me to do things that most people can't even imagine, you know, climbing mountains and riding motorcycles at a hundred miles an hour on the Autobahn in the rain. <laughs> it's, it's all moving, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, and also awesome. helping people, of course, you know, working and with people with limitations, severe limitations that they were told no one could help them with. And then we got, not only did we help them, but we, in many cases, got them back better than they were before. Absolutely. That was, was certainly my lived experience. And people ask me, so I've, you know, like many people who had made their living 20 years, I made my living exclusively, you know, in my body. And we all, we all, make, we all make our living and live in our body actually a hundred percent of the time. But I'm talking about, you know, as, as a performer, right. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, why didn't you, you know, choose, uh, you know, traditional physical therapy, because of course the orthopods who did my surgery, you know, that's, you know, what they, they knew and that's what they wrote for. And I said, because I needed this body to be optimized. I needed to be able to defy gravity. I needed to be able to move. And a lot of the traditional approaches in Western medicine is that it's very mechanical. And it's like, if we can stack the pieces back together, then our, our, our job is done. So maybe from the outside, it doesn't look broken. But in terms of the functionality of what you're trying to do, I knew that would no longer be uh, available. So that was my um, entree into uh, both uh functional aspects of chiropractic, Pilates, and um, acupuncture as well. And so, beloveds out there who are watching, this is the website for www.em-studio.org. Take this down. You know, all my superstar guests are available to you, are resources to you. I want all of you to find someone to study with someone to take your movement journey with whether it's me or someone else because it's fundamental to your life and i have worked with people like as emory is indicating people whose movement functionality was minimum like like i teach qigong to people lying down in beds uh a type of thing and and getting getting that life cycling back in them so Miss Bridget, what does that statement, movement is my medicine, mean to you? Um, movement is my medicine. And what that means to me is, um, as we were discussing the other day, for me, movement is a journey. It's all about the transitions and how you get there to the movement. It's not so much the big picture. And movement is a way of healing. So it's a form of connection, meditation, healing. Um, I feel like we, um, for me personally, it's something that we don't do enough of in society, especially now with everything onto the pandemic. But for me, movement is my medicine is something that 
is deeply ingrained in a dancer. It's deeply ingrained in what Dan has said earlier. There's a difference between an artist and someone who makes money off of their art. There's not in like a commodifying or capitalistic way. It's a way of caring for yourself. It's the things that you learn as a dancer, the thing you learn as an artist, you learning how to clean your paintbrushes out clearly, how to take care of yourself. Like you have to perform eight days a week. How, I mean, or you have to perform five to seven days a week. How are you going to get through? You've got eight shows. How are you going to get through it? And I think that is the, it's the consistency, it's the drive, and it's the ongoing and the painstakingness that comes with care. I don't think people, on, I think that um, dance has taught me, it's a consistent thing. It's something that you have to consistently do throughout life. And that's something I take and thread through my life all the time is that consistency I learned during dance. It's that care you learn about who would have ever thought of putting two tennis balls and a pair of stockings and rolling your body out or trying to rub your body down in tiger bombs so you can actually get through the choreography later that night. It's a a whole journey of the process. And that's what made me fall in love with movement, but also that's made me fall in love with medicine. It's because it's just a different way of processing life. Instead of a way of bottom-up processing, like in dance, I think medicine or going more into a scientific field is more of a top-down processing, but either way, it still works. Wonderful. Absolutely. And I, you know, you know, that's my bridge. And I, for me, you know, moving forward this year is going to be more central to what I teach and what I share with the world. Because again, it's like, if you're not moving, well, you're, you're kind of, you're dying, you know? Well, if you, if you see an animal in the road, and you come up on the animal, it's not moving, and you poke it, what do we think? What do we think? We think the animal's dead. We think it's dead. That's the freeze response. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is a protective mechanism that we have, you know, governed in our brain and our autonomic nervous system and the hippocampal region of our brain. So we go, we call it flight, fright, or flight, fight, or freeze response governed by our autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic aspect, which is, again, something I want people to understand. And before we have DMs comment, we've got a couple more of our audience. Because an audience, what I'd like you to do, I want you to drop in the chat, what are the ways in which you are going to be moving? And I'm talking about movement as self-care now, fundamental to who you are as a human being. What ways are you going to be incorporating movement into your life? Because movement as quiet as it's kept, is also the gateway to meditation. So, and meditation, again, is a fundamental life practice in terms of self-care, in terms of our optimizing, our ability to optimize our health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So we have from Marianne, movement is a transitional journey. Beautiful. Um, so from Martha, that's great because even when I don't feel well, I make sure I keep moving. Tell the pain, let's get it together. I love that, and she says she's going to tell that pain to get it together. And yes, we can speak to our bodies, and we should be speaking to our bodies, and just that way. So Patricia, doing my range of motion exercises helps me with my rheumatoid arthritis. And I know, M, you work with people who've you know got these complex diagnoses. It helps me stay 
possible and decreases my pain. I'm consistent every morning. Great, great, great. So Martha's laughing. I keep my tennis balls nearby too. And Marianne just completed a 31 day put go, you go girl, 31 day push up challenge. So we're going to hold that thought because then I have a question for you uh, regarding that. So DM for you, what does that statement mean? Movement is my medicine. Well, you know, I love the statement, um, but I back up not, but, and I back up to 70,000 feet and I say, what is movement? We are a conglomeration of things. Movement is primal to life. So, you know, movement is my medicine. Move, uh, you know, life is my medicine. So if you move your groove and you lift the lids off that have been holding you down and have been holding you back. So you've got to move in order to kind of be yourself, to unearth those things that are hiding under stones that you do not, um, haven't recognized because we've been given all these gifts, but we've been told, hold them back. Children and artists have something in common. They don't hold back. The difference between a child and an adult is what? One word, two letters, N-O. Once you hear the word no, you start pushing things down. You start saying no yourself. You start suppressing. You stop moving. You do what M said, begin to die. All right, so movement is my medicine. It's Sunday, but damn betcha. <laughs> All right. So I want to go back to that statement from Marianne. And she talked about she just finished a 31 uh, push-up challenge. And, you know, all of us here have straddled, you know, the exercise world, you know, dance as a performance art uh, world, which is but certainly that's that's always been my emphasis. People were like, well, you know, uh, you know, do you teach dance therapy? What do you do? And I, at, at, when I was performing and when I wrote my master's thesis, the answer was no. I said, there's a therapeutic byproduct in what I do, but that's not the emphasis on, on what I do. And, and the result was my master's thesis, Emergence on the Wings of a Whisper, uh, teaching dance as a performance art for the blind and visually impaired, which is the work that literally took me around the world with the Kennedy Center. I, like you, have had this international career. But Marianne said about this push-up challenge, so M, do you draw a distinction between exercise and movement? And if so, what is it and, and what all does it encompass? Because I'm going to start you know, teaching this audience about what some of those differences are and how they can really empower and optimize their health and wellness with movement being a fundamental piece? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. And it's a good, um, it's good to make certain distinctions because when I first started teaching in health clubs in the eighties, I had a movement background. And when I say a movement background, when we think about movement, as movers, as dancers, as movement people, we think about transitions and we also think about purpose. So purpose is the key. Why are you moving? You're not just flailing around, there are reasons. Because you have specificity of function when you train, your body is very, very specific to what it is it's trained to do. In other words, if you're a great runner, it does not mean in any way that you're gonna be even halfway decent as a cyclist or a swimmer. And so 
you have to think about what it is that you want to do when you start to approach training. Mm -hmm. And the more, I would say, variety you have in your movement training, then the more you're going to be able to do or learn how to do very quickly. So there are some fundamentals that are kind of home to most movement arts. You know, you learn how to stand first, you know where to put the weight, you learn how to shift the weight, you know where to move from, movement initiation, moving from the center, which is a lifelong, you know, enterprise to learn how to actually move from the center properly, et cetera, et cetera, how to fall, how to roll. And it, it all depends on your mastery of, of yourself, really. But it goes back to, well, what do you want to do? Because I ask people, for instance, why do you do a push-up? Out of all the movement choices you could have made, why would you bother to do a push-up? Very few people can answer that question. Why push-ups are such a fundamental thing? Why is push-ups such a big deal in, in, in exercise training society? Why has that always been like this measuring stick? And very few people understand why Bridget wants to answer that question. Shoot. Uh, I, for me, it just reminds me of, I just had a session. Um, I used to train a 92-year-old woman. We would have Pilates. Um, we would do Pilates sessions at a classical studio in the city. And I just remember this one time her calling me and telling me, oh, I fell on the ground. And the one reason why I was like, see, this is why we do Pilates push-ups. You have to push yourself up off the ground at any point in time of age. But I'm going to let you get back to talking. <laughs> no, that was actually it. That was it right in a nutshell. Because one of the most fundamental movements of the body is pushing. And pushing and pulling. So the way to express power in our body and to dissipate power is how you receive power on your torso and how you actually express power from your torso. So this is one of the reasons why I never allowed anybody to do push-ups on their knees, by the way. In the 80s, there was a big deal with women's push-ups and men's push-ups. And I was just like, um, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, if you want to be in my classroom, <laughs> we're going to actually train <laughs> to be able to do things. So I don't care about what your range of motion is, but I do care that you're on all fours. Because the problem people think, oh, you got to go down to the floor, put your nose on the floor and push all the way back up. I was like, well, you know, babies don't start walking. You just get up and they start walking. Everything is incremental. The whole point of training is, is that you start in one place and you move through and you end up in another. You are able to do things that you couldn't do before. Four to six weeks, you're in a whole different ball game: tendons, blood supply, muscles bones. So it's all about taking the approaches. So I don't know if I answered that, that question, but one of the techniques that I've pioneered or teach is called exercise and movement techniques. When you see EM techniques under my name, it's because I married the two together because it was always exercise movement techniques versus just exercise because exercise alone had no appeal to me whatsoever. Because their Western approach was, how do we cut the body up in pieces? And this all, all came, by the way, from 
um, from the, the, the bodybuilding and from the uh, influence from uh, the people who created the selectorized equipment. Chop the body up and then hopefully it will work together when we put it back together. And it does not. <laughs> You're muted, Dr. Penn. <laughs> So I, you know, I was you know, getting excited here because that, and you just, you just, for me, you just said it. And what I want the audience to understand is that, you know, he, in West, we have just, we've dismantled the body. We've dismantled. So we have the cardiologist, the endocrinologist, the gastroenterologist. When is your stomach never not a part of your entire body? When is your mouth? never not a part of your entire body and that's a big difference between um western approaches and eastern approaches so when you talk about chinese medicine and the five organ system and when you talk about ayurvedic medicine and and you know prana and the chakra system when you talk about you know movement forms like capoeira when you talk about movement different dance movement forms um, from one any of the 54 countries in Africa, it's it's a holism approach. Understanding that the it's all a part of a seamless whole. So as you train one, you train it all. And oftentimes here in the West, that training the all part, that sentence never gets said. So one of the things I loved about studying in China, working in China, was really seeing, you know, doctors, they might give you a pill, a pharmaceutical for your high blood pressure, for example, but they're also trained to give you a movement that addresses the whole, that addresses the fundamentalism of who you are. So I want all of you, when you go to see your doctors, you know, so, you know, famous phrasing here is, oh, you need to, you know, exercise and eat right. Ask them for the specifics of that. What do they specifically <laughs> recommend? And you might find that a lot of them don't have an answer or they might, if you're lucky, they'll, they'll share what they do, but there's nothing behind that. It's not that. So this is why I want you to work with an M or a Bridget or myself or DM to understand that because this this is this is my other mission in life is to bring forward the holism in medicine, which means, by the way, to take measure of so that we can optimize health and well-being. And I know that I must partner with the artistic community to do that because this is our lived experience. This is who we are. We've got some comments and I'm going to bring Mr. Jones back in here. So, oh my goodness. Um, wow. So we have here, Linda, movement is eating healthier. Thanking God for another day. Every Absolutely. It's all of it. It's mind, body, and spirit. And our attitude and our way of being key to optimizing health and well-being. I start with exercise in bed. I try to get to a heated pool. I am safer in the water near folks that support me in reaching the goals I set. Beautiful. 
water, hydrotherapy, being in a heated pool, very, very important. Miss Victor, movement is listening to my body and making changes so it doesn't let me down or fail me. And this young lady, this young lady was instrumental when DM was going through a physical challenge and teaching my husband how to walk again. So it's one thing as little babies, we just kind of do it as an adult. <laughs> it's a whole nother thing. Um, so here's a question for you, M. Is there a way to do a modified push up if your wrist don't bend? Yes, there are hundreds of variations. Um, essentially, the easiest way to do it is don't bend your wrist. Keep your hands straight. Do them. I can see if I can show it. This is a variation. I actually, from martial arts, a lot of us do them, you know, where you basically do them on your fist. So in order for you not to get, you know, we don't want to ruin your manicure. So make sure that you have something underneath it that's soft. And think about the frame of a push-up before you actually start to move, because it's actually a very complicated structure. The most important thing is, is to have the structure first before you start moving, because if you start moving and the structure isn't maintained through the proper range, more than likely, the center of your body gives up before your arms do. Everybody thinks that the arms are going to give up. I've never seen anybody's arms actually give up in a push-up. It's normally the center of the body that's just like, I can't do this. And you'll see you know, the, the body buckle where it bows. So holding the posture, what people call plank, is a fundamental um, necessity to be able to really go through the full range without having uh, the deviation. And concentrate more on the center of your body, bringing the navel towards the spine and being able to hold your center to give you enough support through the full range. Because there are modifications where people tend to raise their hips, but this causes a different problem because the idea of a push-up is to actually be able to push. And so when you stand up on your feet and you go to push something, you don't want to break in the waist. If you break in the waist and you're standing and pushing something, you've created another issue. The whole frame of a push-up is to understand how to translate the force through the, through the torso properly. And the center of the body is where you're supposed to really be able to have most of that force designated. And hence the Pilates technique. The entire technique is centered on supporting yourself from the center out. So if you can do navel to spine and keep enough of a contraction to support yourself. And you hear me say enough of a contraction because too much, too little, same problem. So straighter wrists, you can actually make the hand, if you're gonna make a fist properly, let's see if I can get the camera correctly. First fist, second, and then just tuck this in. And now you've got something solid. And if you can see my wrist, when I contract, these bones actually fit together and now it's one unit. So you won't have any friction and you wanna be careful not to have this kind of a deviation because now you're gonna compress one aspect and you don't wanna have any bending in the wrist because you're gonna compress an aspect and you'll create friction over time and you can break the structures down. So you're basically just creating kind of a tool to be able to work on and trust. And that's why initially, don't move as much. Do a few inches, go down a few inches, come up a few inches. Hold the posture. 
six weeks, four to six weeks before you can expect for the muscles to start to say, yes, okay, I'm getting stronger, but the muscles aren't what's going to betray you. It's the tendons. That's why you need the four to six weeks because the tendons have to change. Everyone wants to emphasize the muscles. The muscles are easy. It's the tendons that makes the difference, particularly when you get older. Your tendons get weak, game is over with. Thank you. So I, I hope I've helped you. That was an awesome, awesome, awesome answer. So one of the, you know, the takeaway is, as M was describing the movements, uh, what I would like to direct everyone's attention to was, you know, he started talking about the training of the core, sucking the navel back to the spine, which is, you know, a, a kind of a, a quick way to get to that, but also recreating the center from the, at the periphery, which again, when he was talking about, be careful not to have the deviations. So create, you know, that center from the periphery. So very important, very important. So beloved, I'm going to be putting, we have a request to put everyone's information back up on the screen. Someone who came a little late. So welcome, Lisa. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. Welcome. And uh, we're going to uh, put that on. So, beloved, what's been a little bit of your journey with with movement since, you know, you you've you know, you certainly had the challenges in that area. So if you could give us a two minute response on that. That would be great. Um, well, I want to do that and wrap it back to our theme, which is the arts is medicine. Um, you stole Emory from actually you didn't steal. You planted a new seed for a new poem. The arts pull, push, and hold. The arts pull out of you. They may push you along and they help hold you up. So it's the arts are PPH. You know, we talk about PPE, but push, pull, and hold. That's what I think the arts are. Um, you know, for me, um, the arts have definitely been part of the healing journeys I've been on. I've had a lot of orthopedic issues. And, you know, I've had doctors tell me, I don't know how you walk. Do you know who I am? I'm one of two doctors west of the Mississippi that can do ankle replacements. I said, really? <laughs> Let me go into my thing. So back into the art. I would come out of the hospital after a surgery, go to a recording studio on crutches and put somebody on my back and give them healing. And I walked out without my crutches. Tell me about the art. So I'm going to to read something real quick, a piece that's um, part of a forthcoming project, um, and it'll be short. I'll be in and out, and... Go for it, darling. Okay. Oh, wasn't the one I was going to read, but looking in a looking glass, looking through a looking glass, looking without looking, looking without a looking glass and finding the mirror is your new best friend. Sometimes it seems that people are not open for what another is hoping for. So the hoper is better known now as the Hopi. Kit's very frustrated because there's no reception. But the Hopis have to remember that their desire ego placement that often drive is what we choose to share when we share it. The return? How can you push something out and expect to return and then get disappointed? Put it out there if you feel it's right. Let it flow and then you'll know. Get on, get down on the good foot and up on the newfound wing. We used to say, 
Feats don't fail me now. I'm saying wings don't fail me now. I think we need to mind what we do and be careful who we share what we do with because not all of our do is for everybody. Some things aren't receivable because people do have a limit. If they're not even managing their own do, how do they? How do you expect that they can handle your do? That's just too much do-do for a person to handle. So you know what happens when you overload with do-do. You shut down. That's when the pipes break. That's when you call Roto-Rooter. But that's expensive. That's not the path to wellness. So mind your do because there's someone out there who woke up knowing your do is not for them. Get down on the good foot and up on the newfound wing. Here, some of us are in the dawn of the 22nd century trying to manage our primal instincts. Done yet? Are you brewing your do? Are you with us? Are you with them? Are you with you? The looking glass knows the shadow, what the shadow does not. Look first at your reflection before you gaze at your projections. One never escapes. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we have time for one more question. I, you know, again, the hour just flies by. And this this one, you know, we're going to have our two movement experts. I would like to hear your opinion on this. So I'm telling you. So this young lady, my family, my sister, Toy, she's in she's in Pacific Coast time. So, you know, and you talked about seven o'clock on the morning, it's like four o'clock and it's in the evening in Pakistan. So our beautiful friend, Karen. So we have an international audience. She is chiming in from Pakistan. So, you know, welcome, welcome, Karen. So here's the question. I have heard that chiropractic therapy is necessary in a good part of bringing yourself back into balance and increases range in motion as well as assisting in digestion. Can you shed some light on that? Is there any truth behind it? So Bridget, and then let's have M take that away. <laughs> That's real early for somebody up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Hi, Toy, and thank you for your question. My professional opinion about chiropractic therapy, you'll be better off going to a Pilates studio or a Pilates instructor. <laughs> you'll just be better off. I love off you, Bridget. Me. I love you. <laughs> um, personally, I think um, maybe just from my limited understanding, I am not a doctor. I don't. I have limited training in science. I just passed chemistry this semester. <laughs> But um, I just what they do with their bones or from when I've had clients go to chiropractors, they always seem to feel worse, if that makes any sense. They don't ever really feel fully to put back together or the puzzle pieces back aligned. So I think for me and from watching people go is, is they consistently have to keep going. And with Pilates and a very well-trained personal trainer or someone who uses both like I do, you'll find a way of actually getting back to restore yourself and getting further along in your journey, opposed to just staying in that one kind of circular loop that I see with people that attend chiropractor and go to their type of style of therapy, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. And I always tell people you need, there's, you need to know what questions to ask because there are Pilates instructors I wouldn't send people to. There, you know, there are personal <laughs> 
I wouldn't send people to. So again, I want people get on a discovery call with me so you can get the list of questions to ask because there are chiropractors that are kinesthetically trained that actually can work well in terms of getting a body back into motion. So Emery, I'd like to hear your answer to that question. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So Originally, the disciplines were not separated. When you went to someone, you went to somebody who knew medicine in terms of internal herbs, acupuncture, bone setting, what is now known as Qigong or internal cultivation exercises, which is basically meditation and controlling the breath and stilling the mind. And you also, for the most part, already had a fundamental background in movement. So chiropractic and also bodywork techniques, which includes the manipulation of the soft tissue and circulation, all of those were included in one system. That's why I had to study so many things because when you study one discipline, there's generally a focus on one aspect or another. Nowadays, there are some disciplines that are a little bit more what we call holistic, but Again, form follows function. So it depends on what the major idea of those disciplines are. The issues I've always had with chiropractic are very similar to what Bridget has talked about, which is my favorite chiropractic story is somebody telling me they went to a great chiropractor and they say, well, how long you been going? And they said seven years and I bust out laughing. And I'm like, if you come to me for seven years, I would expect you to be doing somebody's Olympics. So the idea is, is that you should at some point reach a point where you no longer need me. I'm a teacher. I'm a therapist. You shouldn't be dependent on me. I'm supposed to be teaching you how to take care of yourself. And yes, you may want to learn things. I've had students for 15 years, but that's because they're continuously learning more. They're seeking mastery or they're seeking a deeper understanding. But if you're in the same place, day day 55 as you were on day one, I think that either you're managing something that's chronic that has reached a point where it's so bad that it just has to be managed, or your therapist sucks, or the modality isn't appropriate for what you have going on. And so I would say, Yes, there are chiropractics who are uh, effective, but I will go with what Carol said, which is in my experience, which is quite extensive in, in, in dealing with those kinds of things. I've always seen them to be multidisciplinary. I've never met somebody who only did chiropractic that was effective. Never. Yeah. And I know a lot of them and I've explored it in depth because the nature of it is the muscles tell the bones what to do. So if you're manipulating bones and you're not addressing the muscles that tell the bones where to sit, it's irrelevant. Because as soon as you get off that table, whatever habit that you had that created the issue in the first place, it hasn't gone anywhere. Your posture isn't even going to change because you haven't even changed your mindset or how you even feel in your body. More likely, go to a massage therapist they're going to have chiropractic built into the system anyway. And it's less, it's safer because they're guessing on what you have, what you look like internally. And if they make a mistake, they can screw you up forever. 
they can break off a facet joint. Then what are you going to do? Yeah, no, it's it's very important. And, and we can use assistive things like, you know, x-rays and whatnot. But even that doesn't tell the whole picture because no. what is it? The, a person is constantly in motion. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. So it's, it's really, you know, one of one of the primary questions is to inquire make an inquiry as to are they a multidisciplinary person that's important that's important they need to be multidisciplinary and and that's you know from your primary care doctor to your specialist to your chiropractors your massage therapist your nutritionist we all need to be multidisciplinary and you know i know that's that's one of my superpowers is that I am multidisciplinary. How many doctors do you know spent 20 years training in dance, training in yoga, training in Qigong, then went to medical school to add on some knowledge? So this it's all a part of the dynamics. And this is, you know, this is, you know, something that I'm bringing to the table. Again, you've got the contact information for our entire panel. You've got the contact information. I want you to shoot him an email. I want you to reach out because this is my big mission this year is to get you all move moving. I call it mindful movement, mindful movement. No, not just, you know, kind of, oh, well, you know, they say I need to exercise. So let me see if I get up and I do these jumping jocks. Well, I want you, I want you, you'll be exercising, you know, you'd be doing 10 reps over, let's say one minute. That's kind of the definition of exercise, but I want you to understand the functionality of it. I want you to understand the why of it. And you might discover that that's not the best thing for you to be doing, or that's not the approach for you. And I think that's the message. So I'm going to ask if these wonderful guests will promise that they will be frequent flyers on the show as we interweave arts as medicine, arts as medicine. We are all going to be working together behind the scenes throughout this coming year. This little powerful little uh, quadrangle right here. And we're going to be bringing this information to you. We're going to be on M's platform. I know I've got Miss Miss soon to be Dr. Bridget is going to be working on M's platform. That's where you're going to find us. That's where you're going to find us right by the end of January, right, M? Yes, at the end of January, February, we're looking to have much more robust programming, and also I'm available to do consulting and. Things if you have issues that we can try and figure out, and I'll be teaching ongoing classes as well. And um, I, I want to just give a big up to Dr. Carroll because I have to say that that has been one of my concerns with Western medicine is that it's so specialized. And think about it: how can somebody who is not trained in movement teach you how to move again? It just doesn't make any sense. So she has a movement background. You have to understand the inside, the outside, and also the connections that that we need to be well. It's it's not easy. It's a it's a big process. It's a lot of information. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and I believe that Miss Bridget also is available for consultation. 
Yes, I am. Um, I teach Pilates classes on Friday evenings and Sunday mornings. Um, obviously not this one. <laughs> um, I teach Pilates on Fridays and Sundays. Um, I'm a private personal trainer, so we do everything virtually. And whenever outside opens back up, I do teach on full range of apparatus from reformers, your ladder barrels, and having your own Pilates studio. And right. lastly, I'm very excited to work with him and get on that platform very soon. And going into the new year, uh, just I think the one thing that kind of popped up in my head um, that's been kind of going over recurringly is the compartmentalizing that happens within Western medicine. It's the we never let our lives live communally, which I think is more of the Eastern way of life. It's the mm. letting your brain kind of flood out on the floor. It's the living more communally, living more holistically, literally from your finances to your health, to your eating, to your mental health. It's being less compartmentalized and very capitalistic in that kind of pursuit of life and trying to be more communal, like letting, letting everything hang out, like just let it all come together. You're spilling the beans about my new journal, the journal that I talk about that. Girl, don't be talking about my journal yet. And <laughs> DM, our DM is one of his superpowers is his um, expertise in the non-for-profit world and the fundraising world and organizational, um, you know, putting your organization together. So DM, I'm going to put this banner up for you as the executive director of Murray Grove. And perhaps you could just take us out with a word with that. We're over time and we're going to have to let these people get on with their Sunday. Well, basically, I say think it ain't illegal yet and get down <laughs> with what you feel. Allow yourself to feel your feelings and then you can heal. But until you open that gateway, you will be of dis-ease. Thank you. Beloved, would you do me a favor, please, and drop the information about my holiday bundle in the chat. So this is how you can work with Dr. Carol and do mindset mastery for the citizen leader. It's a year-long program, and I want all of you to join me in that program because this is, this is okay, so this is where you're starting today. Where will you be December 2021? And you should be in a different place in the river, as M has been emphasizing. Absolutely. So we've got some thank yous here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hashtag dream team, dream team. Yes, yes time that our bodies are meant to move. Linda's saying, I agree. Uh, Feel your feelings equal the road to healing. And yes, everybody screenshot this. You could go on over there. You can find out about the Mindset Mastery Program, the year-long program for the citizen leader. You can also download my free video, 5210, which really, you know, I, the whole family talking about multidisciplinary, we need to also bring nutrition into this. We need to... It, it's this is the whole thing mind body and spirit what are you feeding yourself in mind body and spirit literally and figuratively how are you moving in mind body and spirit literally and figuratively how are you breathing in mind body and spirit hashtag meditating 
literally and figuratively. These are the keys to life. These are the keys to optimizing health and well-being. And yes, we are your dream team for sure, for sure. So we have DM, boom, well said, drop the mic. Thank you, everyone. Our body is our temple. Our body is our temple. Yes. And finally, thanks to this panel. Great show. Way to start the new year. So on that note, I'm going to sign off. Thank you all. You all, my panel. I, I, I can't tell you how much I, I love each of you individually and collectively. Of course, my beloved life partner. And, uh, you know, this has inspired and encouraged me in, in ways that I can't even express. And to the beloved audience, you and I will be right back here for Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit during the week. And listen, y'all, share this widely with your network. Everybody, jump on a podcast. Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit is also a podcast. You can listen to this show and any of our other shows with our fabulous superstar guests. We're in our third season already. Join me tomorrow morning, Monday through Thursday, on Meditation in a Time of Madness, The Morning Show. And today, also, my goodness, I'm doing a church service today. Now, I don't have to hang up and, you know, get out of here and go do that. But it's, it's published. You could go, uh, my beloved, if you could drop that in the chat, go to UUCMC website on YouTube and look at the service. is called Imagination, the Three Drawings. Albert Einstein said it, imagination is more important than knowledge. Imagination is more important than knowledge. And I want you to work with the most creative people, the most imaginative people. And you see there are four of us on this screen right now because this is how we're going to heal. This is how we're actually going to change the trajectory of this nation. We're not on a great trajectory, but this is how we're going to change this. So this is what you want to do. And again, if you want to see the service, uh, this morning, going over to YouTube. Like that. There, it is. there it is. Screenshot that. Screenshot that. And again, you can see that at any time. But this is my offering for the new year. All right, y'all. Listen, we're over time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, guess if you'll hang out in the green room backstage, but I'm going to wrap the show up. I'm going to wrap the show up. I love you. Ubuntu. See you next Sunday.